0: podcast network house of carbs the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people i am your hungry host joe house first a quick thank you to everybody for the continued outstanding reaction comments input suggestions please keep it coming we can see your stuff on on the social media hit me i am at house from dc on twitter and at house from dc on the instagram today's show is a big one my friends it's a big one later in the show we're talking to the ringer's own mike lombardi a jersey guy about his lifelong diner experience passion for diners and what we're going to do about this news the decline of diners we're going to fix that, Lombardi and I together. But right now, podcast pals, we are humbled and honored to have as a guest, the only proper way to describe him is, is mogul. <laughs> I mean, the gentleman has 22 or 23 or 24 restaurants worldwide, a new food delivery service, a star turn on the Showtime show Billions, an outstanding show, by the way, Yeah. and his own nike tennis shoe the one the only
1: david chang dc are you with me amazing Uh, joe house this has been like uh what two times we've done something like this now we did the the, the, the how about this
0: dc both neither one of those times is going to include the two of us sitting face to face with forks in our hands (laughs) i mean that's that's the crazy thing we get we're getting together to talk also by the way on the on the uh, House of Carbs, we have the Podfather himself, Bill Simmons, uh, joining us. He couldn't. He couldn't get in. Uh, you know, we couldn't have a conversation with a mogul like Chang without inviting Bill. So, uh, Bill Simmons, how are you, my friend? I'm barely going to be involved. I'm just going to set a couple of picks. But I do want to mention that Chang showed up in
2: my office with uh, the special Nike shoes. How about that? That's another thing you missed out not not being here. I have the shoes. Wait, if you don't. He didn't he didn't bring a pair for you. Oh, he, he absolutely did and they're my size and I'm gonna wear them. I'm gonna take pictures of myself naked just with the shoes on and I'm gonna mail them to you.
1: Joe, you wanna you know suck- why you didn't you didn't make the cut, Joe? Remember How that How did I not remember, make the cut? Remember that day that I caught you with your pants down when you were walking near the restaurant in Washington DC? What were you eating? <laughs> it might I I eating? My audience. pants
0: weren't literally down, no. but I was carrying
1: a salad as Meta- I walked by exactly. my food. Metaphorically he was he was a little bit embarrassed cuz he was carrying around this tiny bag like this with a, a salad. salad. Yeah. That's so not like House. Yeah. And he knew I w- caught him red-handed. Yeah. That's all right. The, Simmons, this you
0: and I talked about this on the on the last show. It was a weekday afternoon and I I was doing
1: my light lunch kind of thing. Yeah. But, but you should own it. You should own it, House. You were embarrassed. <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. Well, I wasn't, I mean, you know, I'm in front of a, the, the
0: mogul. I walked up to the mogul right outside of his restaurant and I'm, 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 I'm carrying a salad. It's bad times. Not yeah. a good look for the house.
1: That reaction locked you down a few points.
0: Look, I want to. I have so many things to tackle. Uh, this could easily be a three hour podcast. We won't do that to the <laughs> podcast people. You know, this is a podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people, and everybody's going to be hungry. So we're not going to stick it to them with a three hour pod. But one of the things that uh, this particular episode um, is going to feature is a conversation with none other than the legendary former NFL GM, Mike Lombardi about diners and the diner scene in New York and New Jersey. A story came out last week, or within the last handful of weeks, about the sort of demise of the diner scene in New York City. And I thought, you know, nobody better than his own self, David Chang, New York legend, to maybe have a perspective on what's going on with diners in New York City and what, what Chang's own experience with New York diners might be all about.
1: It's a hot topic right now because... <clears throat> In New York City, you're seeing the sort of the demise of the family diner, which are oftentimes run by Greek families um, for a variety of reasons. Number one, it's hard. You're open 24-7. Uh, two, I think it's not just what you see at diners. You're seeing with Chinese restaurants and a lot of immigrant family restaurants where the second generation, the kids, do not actually want to take over their parents' business. Ah. So that's, that's one of the reasons why. So, but... I'm going to, I think you're going to see a resurgence in diners. It just is a, it's a mainstay in eating, particularly in New York. Um, and, it, and, you know, throughout America as you drive around. So um, for a while I thought it wasn't that cool or not me. Just, it just sort of lost its, its cachet. But it's my come question back. is why hasn't
2: the, you always say like everything's getting fancier now, right? And you, you're one of the forefathers of this where fancier chicken sandwiches, things like that. You would think... The fancy, awesome diner would be a thing. You would think that would take off. Somebody would would basically be the Chipotle of awesome, fancy chain diners. I feel like that would work. And well, we there is. It's it.
1: called um, well, they, we
0: they're called like Denny's
2: or, or Silver like
1: Silver Dollar or something. I, I can't remember Silver Diner. Yeah, there's in a, DC.
0: There's a Silver Diner chain in, here on the East Coast. Not not, bad. Bad. I, not in I West think Coast. That, that kind of. I'm not sure that I agree with 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 the Podfather on this one. Okay. Part of the charm of of the diner experience is the authenticity that comes from whatever family runs it and a lot of why uh, the experience at a diner at least for me growing up um, was so compelling was because it was a relationship kind of thing you got to know the folks that were preparing the food because it was always the same you know family folks and they got to know what your order was all about and, uh, you know, that, that dynamic was kind of an important part to the overall experience, along with, you know, the terrific uh, array of, of, of food. Yeah, so, but, it, so, but it has, so,
2: is that realistic anymore? I mean, you could have said the same thing about Chang's first restaurant. They probably loved having Chang come out and talk to the customers, but eventually that becomes
0: not a great business model if he can open 24 restaurants. Well, that I think that's the point. I'm interested in hearing... Uh, Brother Chang's take on this, it seems like part of what is driving, um, you know, diners f- kind of falling on harder times is is the lifestyle change in how folks uh, go about their eating day like you know diners existed at a time when people would solo dine go have breakfast you know solo then go off to work or, or maybe the same is true for lunch a solo lunch you know for a new york business person into the diner whatever their standard order is and and, and back out and it doesn't seem like lifestyle wise people follow that same path what, what do you think brother chang
1: i agree with you House. uh the diner, again, I'm, I'm 40 years old this year, so I did grow up eating some diners, but it was something that was mostly a special occasion. And then when I moved to New York in the late 90s, uh, diners seemed to hold a place that was mid-market dining. So it wasn't fast food. It wasn't super fancy. It was a place where you get like a, a coffee meeting for, before work, a place where if you wanted to actually spend a little bit more money uh, for lunch. And it was a, just a place you went after you're going out. It was a place we were drunk. It's not so different than the, the movie Diner by Barry Levinson in terms of a place that you could congregate. Um, but that doesn't exist anymore. It's yeah. mostly, it, there's, there's just a place that's empty. I'm going to go there to eat. You know, I, w- I remember,
2: I, we all remember our, the greatest diners we've ever been to. When House Stein were in college, we used to go to this place called The Heritage in Auburn. Remember The Heritage House?
0: You, not only do I remember it, you, I'll give you credit for this, you introduced me to corned beef hash at the Heritage.
2: One of the things with diners, and this is where, House, you're right on this, I'm probably wrong about whether you could chain a diner because part of it is the little nuances that a diner has. So the Heritage, their signature breakfast was called the Heritage. And you'd be like, literally, I'd have the Heritage, and it would be whatever the seven things in and a corned beef hash. I went to Jer- the best diner I've ever been to. I went to the Jersey shore in 1994 with our friend Jacko. And there was this, I think it was called Mr. G's diner. And they had one of the things was, it was this breakfast thing. And it had Mr. G's special sauce, which was our running joke the whole weekend. Like how did Mr. G make the special <laughs> sauce? Oh, be careful. It's, but like, those are the little nuances with diners where you have like the diner that Mr. G, you don't know, he might be 90 years old. You don't know what to, what's in the special sauce, but that's what makes them
1: special. But diners as a whole, <clears throat> I think, are difficult to to manage. Number one, the menus are massive. You're talking about like a thousand page items. Yeah. They're just huge. You have to do breakfast, lunch, dinner, Italian, Greek, uh, locale, salads, every kind of sandwich possible, desserts, every kind of fried food possible, and breakfast. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Um, and you're open 24-7. You can understand why
0: I love it. Right,
1: <laughs> twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. That's a very hard operation to do. Mm. So, well, look, I, we could spend another forty five minutes
0: on this. I just have one last question for you. Do you have a go to order, David Chang, when you go into the diner? What's what's the must have list for for you? The word I, <laughs> the word egg white
1: is not involved. I promise you. <laughs> um, um, if if I've been drinking, I have to get Disco Fries. That's, a, that's, a, that's something that I'm going to gravitate towards immediately. But if it's, okay. uh, if it's a, a breakfast, I'm still going to go with the order of chicken fingers and a patty melt, depending. For breakfast? Yes. Doesn't matter. Yes. I'm not a breakfast guy at yes. the diner. I can like, throw an egg on the it. The good thing about a diner is you can get whatever you want at any time of day. If I'm going to dine, it's usually because I've been drinking. I, I don't want to eat breakfast food. I'm not a breakfast hungover kind of guy. House, what's your go-to order?
0: Um, I know this is going to come as a surprise to you. Of course I have a go-to order. I'm always a, a fan of a diner that features a pickle bar and there is uh, one such uh, establishment here in the in, in the DC area. So I the, the pickle bar permits you you put it you sit at your table, you wait for the waitress to come up, you put in your order and then they they go go please help yourself to a couple half-sours, which I gladly do. Uh, and, and then I, I commence. My order is uh, a chicken matzo ball soup, a triple-decker sandwich, and I prefer a roast beef, turkey, Swiss cheese, coleslaw, Russian dressing, a gravy fries as an accompaniment to that, and then, of course, a delicious chocolate shake. That's,
2: and then he would also throw in, just for sport, like the fried chicken steak. <laughs> Just say that the wild card no, with, special order, too. That's amazing. With that
0: order, if I'm having the triple-decker sandwich, and there's only a few places I trust, I won't get that at every single one. I won't walk into a diner first time without knowing what their sandwich story is uh, and order that. I'll, I'll, I'll mix in a chicken fried steak along with a, an omelet or something like that. You can't go wrong with that combo.
1: Two dinery things. How do you like your corned beef hash cooked? Well done? Well done. How do you feel about the corned beef hash that comes out of the can? Will you still order it? I don't
2: feel as good about it. Right? It's a little weird. No, I like I like to know that my chef was, you know, slaving over the corned beef hash. See, I think we look at diners differently. To me, like diner, the number one thing about a diner is breakfast. Hmm. You you have to be lights out with breakfast. I, don't give me those little tiny coffee cups. If I'm getting coffee, I don't want to drink it out of this little <laughs> tiny 1950s cup. Give me a nice big one. I want omelets. I want fresh hash browns that... Maybe they even like took
1: the skin off the hash brown first and did it a certain way. You should go to Joe Junior's in New York next time you're there. Okay. It's a classic New York diner. And have you guys been to the Waffle House in the South? Oh, of course. That that's probably the best chain diner out there, right? The biggest one of the biggest
2: restaurants in L. A. is in Beverly Hills, the Nate Nell's Diner in downtown Beverly Hills. I've never been in that place when it wasn't completely full, and you could go in there at. 6.30 in the morning. You could go there at 11.30. You can go there at 3. I mean, that's your sustainable diner business location combined with turning the menu over. Have, have you taken me there? No, but I did take you to, I haven't taken you there, but I have taken you to the Bill's Pancake House in Manhattan
0: Beach. Remember that house? Well, not only do I remember that, uh, it came up in the conversation with Mike Lombardi. Oh, okay. So Bill's is getting a lot of love on this podcast <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. today. Yeah. Uh,
1: house, Bill, Bill took me to Nate and Al's and he said, never tell House that I took you here.
0: You no, son of a bitch! I, I knew it. He's still, he's still did. mad at me because I was I talked about going to a Dodgers game with somebody other than him. Yeah, that really did hurt my feelings. But I would rank it. You know,
2: Cantors is another that that's more of a deli than a diner. But I've they been have there the breakfast. You. you take me to Cantors. And it's basically a giant diner that they pretend they're a deli, but it is it's a diner mostly
0: with that has deli stuff.
1: I'm gonna make a bold prediction: the, the old school diner is gonna make a comeback in the next ten years. Wow! Yeah.
0: All right. Well, look, we've done enough on on the diners. I have a million questions for Chang and only a, a little bit of time. So, Dave, I, I mean, this is this is you in your worldwide mode, and I'm 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 really curious. I know how busy your schedule is. We are very appreciative of you jumping on with us today. When you're going coast to coast and worldwide, I'm I'm very curious how you go about eating, like. How, how do you sustain yourself in the first place? But when you are are in the various cities that you're in, all of which have great eating options, wh- do you have a strategy going in? Do you have, um, you'd like, you know you're going to be in L.A. for a few days. Do you know, are there, are there four or five places that you know you're going to go to, or are you kind of open-minded? Um,
1: I'm not open-minded, actually. I have a pretty good idea where I want to go. Uh, for instance, in L.A., I knew I wanted to have uh, Cassell's. Have you been to Cassell's? Have I been uh, yeah. there? Come on. Please. Well, so, have I again, taken a house to Cassell's? No. <laughs> good, good, good. Make sure he's Another never been there. Pretty uh, doll. It's five minutes from my house. And <laughs> it's they amazing. have fantastic cheeseburger. The best. So it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to eat for lunch, but I was like, man, I don't know when I'm going to get it. So Chris, Chen, and I had lunch at Cassell's today. Uh, and uh, What was the order? Tell us the order. Patty melt, two patty melts.
2: See, that that's the best, that's what I miss about Brad, and I'll cheat on my no bread
1: thing with patty melts, because there's the nothing like a great patty melt. And they melt. make nothing. it in a way that is like, I've never seen anything. They have the amazing, like, sweet mustard sauce. They have the cheese wings, oh. right? They griddle the cheese house in a way that you have the sandwich, and then you have, like, six inches to the left and to the right of griddled cheese that uh. just is like a, it's like a T-wing. It's like a Star Wars T-wing of a sandwich. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs>
0: You murdered house. You can't host the podcast anymore. You really did. I want to fly. I mean, I I threatened when we were pulling this together to fly out because I knew how jealous I was going to be. And now you're describing something that's really, it's it's gutting me right now. I feel gutted. I'll take you house.
1: But for the most part, now that I'm getting older, like I much like you guys have to watch what I eat a lot more. So I can't eat like a total insane person. Uh, But for the most part, restaurants, I'm not looking for the super fancy spots. I'm looking for places that just make good food. Um, And that could be anywhere or anything. I just want, uh, how should I say? So tonight, if we get dinner, I'll probably go back to sunnang that restaurant that I took you to, Bill. There's a lot of places in Koreatown, but it's like a specific kind of food. So I'm looking for specific things. I'm not looking for a restaurant. I'm looking for specific dishes.
2: That place, he took me there and then I took my wife and uh, my daughter there and... I I didn't even know how to order Because nothing was in the language But I kind of somehow figured it out With the waiter And I mean it's like it was incredible And the place is packed Because Chang blew it up on Instagram Which is like what You you should ask about that house When when Chang his his obligation to the American public For telling them about great food places Versus then he can't go there Because the place is packed for three hours
0: Yes We did that a little bit with Yang Chao a few years ago we should yeah, have kept Yang Chow off the radar. Uh, I know. But no, no, no. It's, 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 uh, it's, no now it's, it's, it's cool. a can of
1: worms now. It's cool. You can keep Yang Chow. <laughs> Blow it up more, guys. Blow it up more. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Keeps the riffraff out of right, where I we want to go. I about that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Chang, not a fan. It's yeah, fine.
2: He's just it's snobby. snabby. He's snobby with his... Yeah. With the... <laughs> The American Chinese like, versus the True Chinese. Speaking of
0: of that of snobby, this is the thing. So so, Dave, you have friends in all of these places, friends that cook, friends that have restaurants. Do you do you uh, uh, ever incorporate in a visit to a friend's place? <laughs>
1: um, I, often, so for instance, I was a uh, I was in San Francisco two weeks ago for work for one day. I knew that if I went to one restaurant and ate at like a, a good restaurant like, that like a, had two Michelin stars. A lot of my friends in San Francisco would, would know that I was there and would be very upset that I didn't contact them or hang out with them. And that would lead to, hey, let's get drinks at a bar. And then it's a, a night of blacked out. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. So I just don't even tell anyone. I just go around the street, try to find the thing that is going to be like just a sandwich and I'm done. That was my night. So oftentimes I'm trying to actively avoid my friends' restaurants because it's just going to be too much food.
0: Yeah. It's you're you're a hostage of your own uh, uh, network, but that's not always true, right? You need like... a disguise, like Michael Jackson, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or Ron Mexico. Yeah, Ron Mexico. No, no, like, but but also, Tom. I mean, I, I'm just sort of lazy, right? Like um, in New York, everything gets delivered, or I'll just I do a lot more cooking at home. Um, L A. I mean, K Town right now is probably the coolest food in all of America. Mm. So why would you eat anything but that? I don't. I ask that question all the time. So I divide L.A. into like really two categories. It's like white Anglo-Saxon food, and then everything else. There you go, House. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, if well, I, I want
0: the everything else menu, where so, do I get
2: that? So,
1: but I'm friends. Like for instance, I've been meaning to go to John and Vinny's, Right, that everyone loves that restaurant you also available
2: on Postmates and Caviar.
1: <laughs> they're, my, they're my good friends, and I haven't met one person that doesn't like eating at that restaurant. Not only do they love the food, they love the service, they love the music. I still haven't been there, although I've been there a couple times, I haven't eaten dinner there. But if I'm living in L.A., that's uh, probably, what, two dinners in San Gabriel Valley, probably for the weekend. Two or three dinners, that'll just be tacos, and then two or three dinner, one dinner will be Japanese and another dinner, two dinners will be Korean. Like that, that's endless choices within those categories. Yeah. I don't have time to eat Italian food. Right. Boy, the LA, not a lot of great choices for Italian. But, but there are, but there's also, I mean, I'd love to go to Providence. You have great, they're great restaurants here. Jessica Coslo's Squirrel. Have you been there? I haven't been there, but I've been in Providence. It's really good. Squirrel's amazing. You're
2: talking amazing. about two, ty- two different types of restaurant experiences, though. One is like Providence's. Is- Part of the experience is how unbelievable the service right. is. And it's just like completely first, first, first class. But then I'm with you. I, I'm in the chain corner of, I just want to have good food. I don't care about the atmosphere. I don't care if the waiter's not nice to me. I just don't care about that stuff
1: anymore. I just want to, I want to dig into something that's delicious. And that's my number one priority. So, yeah, I think if I'm just trying to do one good restaurant a week, if I lived in Los Angeles, I'd try to go to Providence like, a restaurant like Providence or Spago's once every couple months. But I'd probably fill it in with just regular eating. I mean, that's at least such an amazing eating town. House, ask Chang about Pokey.
0: Well, I, I that was on this list of, of things I wanted to touch on. I wanted to hear sort of what he's observing in terms of, of food trends and what he, his own self, is excited about on the one hand and then on the other hand might be less enthusiastic about. I bet I know which category the Pokey belongs in. <laughs> So, so let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, but I do want to hear kind of what, what you're seeing out there, Dave, um, that excites you. But let's let's cover off the poke.
1: Oh, God. I don't. <laughs> I knew it. You'll never see me eating at a poke restaurant. It won't happen. That's a red flag. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it because I look at this place and they have already chopped up fish, like old tubs of fish, chopped up and seasoned in just waiting f- to be scooped out into a bowl, I mean that's that's just not how I want to eat raw fish. You, you don't know how many hours that fish has been in the bowl. I'm even if it's su- su- served super fresh. Like I don't, I'm not trying to like diminish. People love poke, and I have a couple friends that actually run poke shops. I'm just saying I will never eat out any of them.
0: <laughs> I will say it, it is a weird thing to have, you know, sort of gone from coast to coast. That's not what I would have put high at the list if I was guessing a 2017 food trend. It makes sense as a as a food that is emanating from Hawaii. And I think that I, I personally, I'm only really interested in, in enjoying it in Hawaii. I might consider it in L. A. where the sort of freshness component um, can be uh, verified, and, and maybe in New York, you know. But also, you're talking about massive amounts
1: of fish, raw fish. I would question the the provenance of a lot of the seafood. How can it be right, done that right. cheaply? Really good fish is yep. very expensive. So, uh, what
2: would what about if you're in Texas? Would you eat poke then? I call it pokey. But like, I mean,
1: like, if I'm that near a coast eating pokey, well, poke? it, it's not necessarily that bad because the logistics are so good. It's about the 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 turnover of the food, right? The busier the restaurant, the better. Um, but also, pokey is on so many menus. Uh, I'm, not to sound like, I, I, before I get myself in trouble, two of my restaurants had poke on it. Our Las Vegas restaurant and our restaurant in Chelsea Nishi. And I almost lost my 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 mind when I saw that the the, the team put Poké on, and then I realized that the chef that put it on was Hawaiian. Ah, and okay. The sous chef that in okay. Hawaii uh, in Las Vegas was Hawaiian as well. So that was my my only way you could serve it is if like you actually you didn't have to be from Hawaii, but you have to have a story. You can't just be like, "Well, I saw it on YouTube and I thought it'd be cool to put on the menu."
2: I'm not sure it should right. be a well, fast look, food that, item. That, I think that's the, that's the inherent problem here, right? It's like if it's on your restaurant menu, that's one thing. If
1: it's something that's being cranked out day after day after day, that makes me nervous. I mean, of all the trends out there in the world, uh, I think I would have missed the, the trend I missed the most is sushi. The fact that sushi is everywhere and is like, the, it's so insane to me that people love sushi as much as you're talking about raw fish. Yeah. <laughs> like room it's temp raw, raw fish. Like that's I crazy to me.
2: I will say I've seen House eat a lot of different things. Sushi is the one he can eat the most. I feel like House could eat sushi until he just drops dead, like a, like a, how a dog if you left too much food on the floor, and the dog would keep eating until their stomach exploded. That's House with sushi. House, let
0: me give you. I, I, I would try and eat so much that I would die of mercury poisoning <laughs> right. during that sitting.
1: Let me, uh, House. Have you been to Tokyo? I've never been. Okay. No. Let me give you an analogy. Have you ever had fresh squeezed orange juice?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Amazing. It's delicious. Amazing, right? Amazing. Remember, remember growing up that the orange juice we all had was the frozen frozen stuff? that yep. you, The Minute yes. Maid? I'm giving you the equivalent that the sushi you're eating right now is the frozen Minute Maid stuff. There's that's, nothing wrong with that. That's even
0: at the very best
1: sushi houses in New York and L.A. Not all of them, but, but okay. once you've tasted fresh squeezed... I think it's hard to go back yeah. to the frozen stuff. So
2: when you're in Tokyo, you're having the Tokyo sushi and you could, the, you could actually notice the, the difference with the fish. I mean, what is it? What, what constitutes the difference?
1: It's, it's not even a, a comparison. But it's, what's
2: different about it?
1: Uh, everything. I mean, the rice is better. The fish is better. The person that's making it is better. Um, it's like watching your, your son play basketball versus the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I. The only thing I feel like I can relate it to is uh, I, I, had, I was able to sample a little brisket down in Austin, Texas. Now, mm. we didn't make it to Franklin's, but we did have some Franklin disciples, the guys behind La Barbecue. Amazing place. Uh, yes, an amazing place. And they cut off the ends of, of one, one piece of, of, of brisket and let us eat little chunks of it right away. And it was like eating beef butter. It was so good. It <laughs> melted in our mouths.
2: House, I like that you said you sampled it. You ate for like an hour and a half. You didn't sample it; you gorged on it to the point of. oh well, I your thanked health.
0: it. I thanked it with the rib bone. I gave a, a nice thank you speech to everybody with the rib bone.
1: They have turkey. Have you had their smoked turkey at La Barbecue? Highly underrated. No. We had that one. So good. Yeah, we had that one. House, you just I, don't remember. it did were...
2: I don't remember making room for turkey. <laughs> Wait. So what other? So
0: what food trend are you bullish yes. on? Are you excited about?
1: Or, or something that you yourself are cooking? Yeah, your, your your places are cooking? Um, I'm bullish on anything that's sort of experiential right now. Because so many dining things are the same. So this is a weird way to answer it, but any place where the service is better than any other place, or I think barbecue is going to be bigger than ever before. That's uh, a
2: hole in L.A. right now. Is the barbecue scenes ready to go up a level, it feels like.
1: Well, I heard La lo- lo- Barbecue's uh, opening up in L.A., what yeah what that's a rumor oh my god oh man (laughs) now i gotta work (laughs) out more (laughs) but that that's definitely going to change i think barbecue uh pizza is going to be bigger than ever it's already big um more counter restaurants where it's an open kitchen whether you're seating 40 people or just eight that sort of dinner and a show is going to be more important than ever before but in terms of um you know, the, the trends, I, I don't know. It's harder than ever to, to figure out where things are going with food. It's just moving so fast. The cycles move so fast. So what's popular today, you know, who knows if it's going to be around in a month. I, I mean, again, I was wrong. I thought poke was going to die out a year ago. Yeah, keeps like on getting bigger. It's gaining
0: steam. Well, look, you, you mentioned a little bit ago um, how you eat in New York. And most of the time you have so many great options, including delivery. Uh, and you, your own self, coincidentally, have a delivery business that I'm interested in hearing a little bit about oh. the the Ando business. Can you um, kind of explain the idea behind it and you know, what what's going on there?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, it's been way way more challenging than I thought. Um, I eat a lot of food delivered. I know a lot of New Yorkers do, and if you think about it, most of the food that's delivered to you is not designed to be delivered. No. Right? So if you were at home and you order delivery, would you ever order like, um, you know, a fish dish, a cooked fish dish? No. Yeah? yeah. Oh, no. no. My wife orders the Branzino
2: <laughs> on Postmates that shows up like 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. That's crazy. She's crazy. Oh. That's crazy. Yeah. So for That's everyone crazy. else.
1: No. There's only certain foods that you'd want to order delivered. So anyway, we, we, we want to do pizza, but obviously Domino's owns that. Nothing delivers better than pizza try to do Chinese food, American. But now with Postmates, everyone can get Chinese food. So uh, this is the first time that I'm aware of where where, where food operators merged with tech operators. And um, we made a lot of uh, good mistakes to get to where we're at right now. And now we're just trying to focus on really delicious sandwiches and salads. So Ondo uh, is got some delicious things. A house, we're going to have to figure out how to send you some. I think they would be very i mean they're they're right up your alley i know it very flavorful um some newer items this week
0: and and right now it's just in in manhattan right now just manhattan any uh thoughts on on expansion i would love to get there we'd love to get
1: down to dc we, we, we need we need more options down here in the dmv well we're going we're thinking about getting some more uh uh <clears throat> momofuku options in washington dc but, um, oh, <laughs> that's a great idea. Fuku. You haven't had fuku yet. <clears throat> have you had our spicy fried chicken? I know, you're, passed out. I know you're a big fan of Chick-fil-A.
0: Oh, I, I'm, I'm to die for. No, you're absolutely right. I have not had fuku. I have not had fuku. I, I almost talked myself into going to a goddamn Mets game just so I could go sample the fuku because it's close to the airport. <laughs>
1: but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. We, we have to take care of you. I think you're gonna love it. Fuku's great. I mean, I'm not just saying that, but I've growing up eating Chick Fil A and then trying to figure out how we were actually gonna make a fried chicken sandwich, and then doing the comparison between ours and Chick Fil A. It's not even not even close. You
0: know, house. Yeah, uh, it's like Tokyo versus
2: U.S. sushi. A lot of people are gonna remember this decade for maybe some of the um, the political things that have happened and. You know, maybe our country taking a couple steps back. House is spinning it positively. He's going to remember it as the decade when we figured out the fried chicken sandwich. It's true. It's gone to a whole other level. Like even like the uh, Shake Shack chicken sandwich is delicious. It's good. The fried chicken one. There's so many different places to get great fried chicken sandwiches. I bet it's not as good as the Fuku. No, the Fuku is the number one. There's. Have you 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 had it, Bill? No, I just know it's number one. That's that's why I love Bill Simmons.
1: That's why he's the pod father.
2: No, because I know he, he cares. I know he's going to care the most about making it the best. And he'll take all the other things that people did well and perfect them and merge it into one. The best version of it would be my guess. Also, I've seen pictures online that I may, or not, may not have salivated at. <laughs> it looks delicious.
1: We're, we've been trying to figure out how to do a pop-up here in L.A., so we'll, we'll get here soon enough. Oh, Jesus. Um, so all this talk of other other chefs moving to L.A., so... I don't know. There's like a record number of New York City chefs opening up in Los Angeles because Los Angeles has become sort of the, the place to be the hottest culinary capital in America. And we've been looking at L.A. for over 10 years and we've been lucky enough to be offered opportunities throughout all parts of L.A. And I stumbled upon this piece of property uh, in East L.A. off of North Spring and uh, for, we've been negotiating to sign a lease and it's done so, and I know you've been trying to get me to move out to LA. My wife's from the West Coast, so they think there's a Chang ch- should be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to be moving out here, and uh, oh no, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: Chang, if you move to the West
2: Coast, <laughs> oh boy, I, make I house. might have to move to I'll the make West make Coast house out of this move. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to be traveling regardless anyway, but um, you know, you know, I have to. I have. It's, it's not just my life anymore. I, I'm a recently married man. I gotta. I gotta keep the wife happy. So tell us about the okay, restaurant. No, I get though. it. Well,
0: look, that's that's incredible news. Thank you for breaking it on house. <laughs> Wait. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wait. What's <laughs> well, the listen, restaurant though? I
2: want to know what the, restaurant, the restaurant
0: is. What's the restaurant? That's exactly it. What's the restaurant?
1: We think the name's going to be called North Spring because of the area, and it sounds just like nice and calming. Yeah. Um It'll definitely be a momofuku, but not in name. Um. And the food. How should I say? It's going to be seasonal. It's going to be stuff that we've never done before. Oh. Um, hmm. There are going to be some dishes I think you'll be very happy with. Yeah. Um, hmm. We want it to be simple. We want people to enjoy it, obviously. And we want to be really good neighbors to what is an area that's being redeveloped. Uh, you know, We're five miles, about five miles away from Dodger Stadium. Uh, backyard is the river, two miles away. And uh, very close to Philippe's Wrench Dip. There's all these other, I'm not, I can't even say well now that I found out the other neighbors that are coming on board, but the whole development will be very, very cool and interesting. And that's, that's something that I want to be part of is something that is on the upswing. Um, cause right now when I tell people like we're opening up there, they're like, why would you do it that down there? I was like, because it's, it's a fun challenge, right?
2: Well, and some, and yeah. some good restaurants have
1: gone down there.
2: Usually how it goes, I, I'm sure New York's like this too, but especially in LA, the restaurants go first people start going a couple places start popping up all of a sudden they're redoing a condo place there and then all of a sudden it becomes a hot hot place to live and that there's a part of East LA now that has become you know the, the rents and the properties have skyrocketed and there's this little food place now and you're going to be a big part of it
1: it's a good idea and, and you know uh, Bill's been my real estate agent, trying to show me houses left and yeah, right. I send him houses on Redfin. <laughs> Damn it!
2: I want to make sure he's actually going to move here, so I got to dangle
1: houses that he this might is like. Really hard for me. So house, I the the the, 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 the last draw for me to actually make the decision was Bill Simmons. It's great. Well, I would say it's Daniel Snyder. Yeah, that I think too. If, if
2: if the Redskins have a different owner, maybe none of this happens. Maybe you never leave. <laughs>
0: He's so bad. I understand that. I want to ask one more. I, we have to talk about the dead skins, Chang. But but uh, what are you targeting for opening up North Spring?
1: We hope. Uh, we when? hope um, uh, this this fall, oh. early winter. Yeah. Oh wow, Whoa. that's yeah. soon. Yeah. I, I mean, you, okay. I'm giving well, a, you know, plus or, trip to plus for or minus six months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we won't hold you to it. So, look, this week's House Recommends, and by the way, still uns- not, without a sponsor. Not
2: sponsored. Nobody's, nobody's not reached sponsored. out yet. Not sponsored.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Step up. well, you can, And you can call whatever you want. You want to call it the House Special, the House Recommends, on the house, whatever name you like, you Let, can have it. Let's talk
1: about pricing look, after this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fuku's House Recommends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Fuku's House. Oh, my God. Look out. Well, look, with the, the, this is going to feel like a suck up. But I do feel like I have to share with the people the fact that of all the buns. Now, every, anytime anybody asks me, when I go to Momofuku, what should I get? I get that question quite a bit because my affinity for Momofuku has been established. I say the first thing you do is walk in and order all the buns. Don't hesitate. Walk in, order them all, whatever they are. So, so sometimes they change. Right now, the chicken meatball is, is on the menu uh, down here in, in, the, in the DMV, the CCDC Momofuku. But here's the one that is my favorite, underrated. You might not think that this is going to go properly in, in, a, in a bun. Uh, the shrimp bun is my A number one go-to. I, I, I oftentimes will find myself ordering two orders of the shrimp buns just to make sure that in the first place, everybody at my table can enjoy them. Then I, my own self, have another couple just to enjoy, uh, to kick off the meal. The, the true beauty of the shrimp bun, there's two components to it. I love the texture of it. It is a wonderful I, I don't I hope you don't mind me using this word, Dave. It's a patty. It is, it is a, a, a perfectly formed patty that has been crisped to just a, a, a wonderful texture. So when you're biting into it, there's a little bit of a crunch right away. And the other part of it that makes the shrimp bun so delectable is this wonderful, I'm gonna use the word aioli, I hope you don't mind. There is a, a sauce that holds it together that has just enough heat to it. And it's a wonderful accompaniment the shrimp buns at Momofuku, you can get them at any Momofuku worldwide, any one of the 25 Momofukus across the world. The shrimp buns at Momofuku, that is what the house recommends.
1: My God. That was the most glorious description. Incredible. Just hey. for just for that, Joe House, I have a hack for your hack. If you want to oh. bring them home, we should just call this the house special. Ask for the shrimp buns to go, but tell them – Assemble it separately. So if you ask, mm. tell them to steam the buns, but to like put them on the side. Because if you microwave those in like a, a container, they'll be perfect. Yes. And then you can just, oh. just you know, reheat the whole thing. And that's the whole thing is about the bun itself. So you could, re, you could microwave the, the shrimp too, but maybe you can cook it in a, in a pan fry skillet too.
0: A self food hack.
1: Yeah.
2: History was made.
0: You, this podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. House of Carbs, House of Carbs is bringing the goods. God bless you, Dave
1: Chang. (laughs) A a real honor, and uh, I love you guys.
0: Oh podcast pals big big thanks to chef David Chang and also quick shout out to the podfather for joining us thank you Bill Simmons incredible we talked for so long that was just part one we had to stop after the unbelievable news David Chang shared about the new restaurant he's opening in Los Angeles but we kept on going I assure you look for the second part of that interview coming in the upcoming weeks of this summer you're going to enjoy it but now we have as promised NFL GM extraordinaire, ringer NFL expert, Mike Lombardi. We're talking all things diner. Let's get over to this conversation with Mike. Podcast pals, as I mentioned on the premiere episode, one of the things we are going to be doing here on House of Carbs is sitting down with Ringer friends and family to talk all things food. Now, look, I have on the line uh, a great American eater, Mike Lombardi, currently the co-host of GM Street, one of the Ringer's football podcasts, big-time contributor to TheRinger.com. Previously, obviously, you know his resume. Worked in the NFL for over 30 years alongside legends, Bill Walsh, Al Davis, Bill Belichick. In addition to the NFL, he's also a lover of the classic American Diner, and I had to have him on House of Carbs to talk about it. Mike, how are you?
3: I'm good. You just could have called me a fat guy, because that's what I am. You know, I, I mean, I'm a fat guy. I like it. I'm proud of it. So, you know, fat guys like to eat, and we know good food. We know where to go. We know get good it. food. Well, it's
0: not. We're not just fat guys. We're also Italians, Mike. I mean, you're 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 <laughs> purebred. I'm I'm half Italian. This the fates uh, always had in mind that you and I were going to be together talking about East Coast Italian.
3: Uh, there's no doubt. And th- what better place to talk about? I mean, look, the greatest place to go in Jersey, the home of where people make diners. I mean, this is the manufacturing capital of diners in the world. This is a great state of New Jersey. So if you grow up in Jersey and you don't like Springsteen or you don't like Bon Jovi or you don't like diners, they're going to take away your Jersey card. You're not going to be able to get a license in this state.
0: So that's perfect. You uh, tweeted two weeks ago, maybe, a response to a story about the slow demise of the diner scene in New York City. And I recalled when I saw your tweet that you had already previously talked about the Jersey diner scene, your experiences there, you name dropped a couple, and you'd also sort of linked up the Sopranos uh, diner uh, scene, the way that the Sopranos featured diners. So I, I knew that we were gonna talk. talk. Tell me about how you, as a as a native New Jersey uh, gentleman, came to, to to know and love the diner scene in Jersey?
3: You know, you know it's, it's just part of the, the, the culture here. I mean, you know, the circles, there's always a diner that, you know, I mean, Billy Joel in scenes from an Italian restaurant, you know, the Parkway Diner. I mean, it's just part, of, it's a gathering place. And like, who doesn't like to go somewhere where you can smell breakfast and bacon cooking all day? Like, really? And, and it's so much better than going to Starbucks and having a latte. You can sit in a booth and for me like when I read books if a novel like I love Richard Russo because most of his novels are based on some diner you know Hades diner and nobody's fool where people are around and you get to meet different characters and you find fascinating people in these diners that you know they go in there they drink the coffee they have the pie they they know the blue plate specials and it's just, it's it's a great part of the culture in New Jersey. I mean, breakfast, like in this little beach town that I grew up in in Ocean City, New Jersey, you got to go out to breakfast. You, you get, you know, you get fresh baked goods, right? You get a really good meal. You can listen to your own music at your booth, right? So you could put in anything you want. Like, what more do you need? Like, really, what more do you need? I mean, it's perfect. And some of them have pickles to start out with, so you don't wow. have to worry about, like, if you're starving, you don't have to worry about how long it's going to take to get your food. You know, this is the perfect situation. And when I was growing up, my, my dad's still a barber, 91 years old. He still cuts hair every day. He would, you know, across the street, there's a still in this town it's called Reddy's, and Reddy's is a diner. Uh, it's called Reddy's Coffee House, but it's a diner, and I'd go over there every day and get, him, get his lunch and, you know, bring it to him and stuff. So, and the people are the same people. I mean, the guy washing the dishes is still the same guy washing the dishes when I was a kid
0: you know my own experience there's kind of a surprisingly vibrant diner scene here in Washington DC you know DC takes on people from all walks of life from all over the country even even internationally but there have been a handful of of diner uh and, and sort of counter food places that have hung in there over the, the the decades i grew up you know i my first introduction came by way as like as a high school kid when i was doing uh sports like i i played in the summer uh, water polo, and you would finish. We had to have practice at night because that was the only time that we could um, get access to the pool. This was an outdoor situation down here in DC, and and we would leave uh water polo practice starving at ten o'clock at night, and a whole a, a huge crew jump in the car, drive over. We had in in DC, you had uh, uh or in Silver Spring, to Tasty Diner or the American City Diner just across the line, staking a kitchen on Wisconsin Avenue has been around <laughs> for a number of years. So that was really my entry point into kind of the the local diner scene. And then when I went to college up in Worcester, Massachusetts, that was the your true sort of New England diner experience. Right. There was a whole variety of those those options up there.
3: Well, that that's the one thing I wanted to know. Like, okay, so you're out, you're in, you're in school, you're you're at uh You're at Holy X, you know, you get, I'm at Hofstra on Long Island, right? The king of diners on Long Island. When I was going to Hofstra, right, Telly Savalas was starring in Kojak, okay? (laughs) And so every Greek, every Greek person, every Greek immigrant that came over here typically owned diners. I'm not trying to stereotype, but whenever you walked into a diner in Long Island, there was a picture of Telly Savalas on the wall. It was like he was their poster child, right? And so you could always get, and so you're drunk and you wanted to come back and you would go to the, you know, the Golden Egg Diner or anything close to, to Hofstra. Like, I, my question to you is, did you hit the Miss Wo- Wooster? That's the one,
0: of course. Yeah, I mean, that's it's legendary. Uh, and you, you can't really uh, call yourself a, a, a kid at the College of the Holy Cross and, and have your authentic HC card until you get to the Miss Woo and sit down I, my things a BLT. Here's what I'm interested in. Uh, after all, all all these years of your experience is is there a lombardi go to order
3: Oh yeah well you know you got to get a club sandwich like if it depends if it's breakfast I'm going pancakes like there's a diner in Jersey City called the Brownstone Diner that has okay. the greatest pancakes of all time I mean you go there and I mean there's a line to get in the place it's just unbelievable and then like when I traveled on the road when I would college scout I'm always looking for them there's a place in Kenosha Frank's Diner they have this thing called a garbage plate, which they just throw everything on the plate. I still have a T-shirt from it. They throw everything, everything in there, and you go in there, and it can't be more than 20 seats in the joint. There's a long yeah. line. So it depends on the time of day. I mean, typically it's going to be some kind of greasy food. And, and the best thing is when you're in college and you're hungover, what better place to go than a diner to kind of get some of that, get some of that grease back in your body and make you feel better?
0: That's exactly right. This is, It's the only way to live. You, you touched on this uh, just a second ago. I wanted to ask you, you've, you've traveled this great country of ours in, in your various uh, roles and, and duties uh, in connection with the NFL. Um, wh- who has the best diners? I mean, obviously, we're going to start. We're going to take New Jersey out of it. And then maybe we should just take the East Coast out of it because you know that, you know, New York, New Jersey, New England, you, we, it fabled diner scene here on the, in, from the Mid-Atlantic all the way up to New England. But tell me a, a place that had kind of a surprisingly vibrant diner scene based on your travels.
3: Well, you know, like San Francisco, even though they don't look like they had a place called the Fog City Diner, which was looked like a diner, and it was really good. It, and they changed it over, and they changed some things. But, you know, San Francisco has kind of these funky little places that you would like. Uh, over in the Oakland Hills is this diner called Betts Ocean View Diner. It has to be one of the best diners in the, that I've ever been to. And it's kind of an upscale California diner, but it's so good. And the pancakes are incredible because, to me, you got to measure a diner on, especially if they're only doing breakfast and lunch, you got to measure it on the pancakes. If they can't come with great pancakes, it's not a great diner. It's, that's the rule. you got to have great pancakes.
0: Yeah, that's an important um, gating element. that separates the wheat from the chaff in terms of, of uh, the, the diner quality. Give me, give me two or three indicators of, of, a, of a great pancake.
3: You know, it's 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 got to have its own unique kind of like it can't be the Aunt Jemima mix or it can't be like you can you can't make it at home. It's got to be one of those things, and you don't want it to be too foo fooish. You know, like look, I mean, if I'm going to eat pancakes and I'm going to eat up on carbs, I, I don't need to go with the you know the gluten free pancake. I'm going to go if I'm you know if you're going to be a if you're going to be a uh, if you're going to be a, a pig, you might as well be a big one, right? You know what I'm saying? If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Right.
0: Doesn't make it doesn't make you a pig. So, you just you just enjoy a food that makes you a food enthusiast. It makes you a lover of food. Yeah,
3: So, you know, to me, it, it, they got to be really fluffy and they've got to yeah. be really like soft on the inside, almost to where they just cooked them enough to where they're not like tu- like you can cut them with a fork and they're fluffy. And then, of course, you, you know, you get the sausage on the side. I, like I'm not a syrup guy, so I don't put syrup on. I'd always oh. put an egg on top of the pancake.
0: You get anything inside the pancake, chocolate chips, banana, no, no, you mess with no, that no, stuff no, ever? No, no,
3: Like, I don't want, like, I'm not a foo-foo guy. Like, I just, like, I'm I got not it, going I got that it. way. Got it. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. So it's, to me, and, and then I don't want the syrup. Like, I don't want it too sweet, so I just put a, a half. I always order two eggs over easy and throw the eggs on top of the pancakes, and there it is.
0: That's perfect. Now, uh, last question I'm gonna, about, about your kind of order. Are you a milkshake guy?
3: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you don't be a fat boy without whole loving milkshakes. And here in the East, <laughs> we have these things called black and white milkshakes. I don't know if they have them down in Washington, but that's like chocolate vanilla milkshakes here. Yeah, and I know if you get some if you get Hershey's try, ice but... cream, there's the diners here that serve Hershey's ice cream. Make the best milkshakes, and if you got to oh have the, and the best part about being at a diner is they don't just bring you out the like you know again I'm a fat kid so I want all of it right so they don't just bring you the glass they bring you the stainless steel thing that they mixed it in along with the glass so if they make too much you're going to get it all. That's the best well, look, part. You know that's that's what you love the best.
0: Yeah, that the, they have to bring the the container where you can see. The, the ice crystallize on the outside, holding you know a, a whole another half of a shake. It ends up being another almost a whole nother shake to go along with the glass. That, that, that's another c- c- uh, confirmatory uh, piece of, of indication that that's a legit diner. The
3: great diner has to have the ice cream thing behind the counter. whether you can see the, it's the fountain behind there. that to yes. me is a great diner. You know, yes, they got to yes. bake their own goods. They have to have bake pot. Like you don't have to have a 50 pies. Like there's a place in LA called Apple Pan that is a diner. Right. It's right on Pico. It's really right. good. They make great burgers. They're not open for breakfast, so it's not really a diner, but they make their own pies. It's incredible.
0: So that that you beat me to the punch a little bit here. I wanted to know. I don't know whether you and I are going to be sitting down eating together next on the east coast or whether it's going to be in L.A. when we're doing some some rigger business. Uh, I'm glad to hear about Apple Pan. It definitely deserves a shout-out. There's also a place in Manhattan Beach that Simmons took me to uh, that had a spectacular breakfast. I know mean, the name's escaping me right now, but I'll look it up and, and tweet I it think out it's when Bill's. we're done.
3: Bill's, I think it's oh, Bill's. It Patrick. is. You're right. It's, it's Bill's. Bill's. Because you're what's right. interesting is, is back here on the East Coast, it's a guy who went to, went, I went to Valley Forge Military Academy with the O'Hara family. They own all these Uncle Bill pancake houses back here. They're not quite diners, but they are. And so I live right near that one in Manhattan Beach. And that's, a, that's an awesome spot right there. That's, a, it's hard to get into. And see, that's the other thing. That's another rule about diners. If you're not willing to wait in line, then, you know, you don't want to go. You know, like you don't want to go. It's the Yogi Berra thing. You know, it, it, it's you know, it's so busy there. It, it's so crowded nobody goes anymore. You want to be in line, like you want to wait because you know it's good.
0: I can't tell you good. how many how many hungover mornings I stood outside, you know, waiting to get in line. Jersey Shore has been been one of them. Long Beach Island has a couple places that I've I've frequented, uh, st- sitting outside on the bench, holding my head. Please, dear God, let us in. Let us in.
3: That's the best part. And so for me, this is how far I love diners. Like, my goal in life has always been to buy an old diner, okay, house? I want to buy an old diner. Oh, I want to I restore it. I want to have a house that has a big enough yard that I can put the diner in the back and make it my office. That, to me, Let's would see, be utopia.
0: That, now, look, I, I am I – am, uh very much against name dropping and, and sharing anecdotes that involve famous people. But this was at a time before he was all the way famous. One of the things that makes me uh, that made Jimmy Kimmel even more beloved to me than, than, than he might've been. Otherwise uh, I was uh, invited to his house, maybe, you know, eight, 10 years ago when Bill was out, um, you know, working on the show and I came out and, and uh, Jimmy hosted Sunday football uh, in a house of his and, uh, the very first thing from the door that I walked into, that I was confronted by, was a, a a full booth that he set up with a with a diner table centered around the booth. So it was like a let's call it like a 720 degree booth. It wasn't a full 360. So because you had to be able to get into it, and across from the booth was an entire uh, uh, refrigerator. Now I, I'm not sure whether or not the pies were, were real. We ha- we'll have to ask him at some point whether or not the pies were real. But it was one of the things. So from that moment, I've always had in the back of my head: there's going to be a house in my life where I have a banquet. I guess that's what those are called, right? Where you the the kind of diner, diner seating and a and a fixed table, a table that's bolted to the floor, and and a refrigerator. I'm hoping that I can have real pies in there, and I don't know if I can keep up with it. I'm on my way to to you know. I, I'm a healthy eater as well, but it was, that always stuck with me that I, at some point in my life, I need to have a house that has that. So I'm, I'm right there with
3: you, Mike. The, the, the diner, that's the best part. Like I want to have this diner in a backyard, you know, where it's like a man cave, but you got to walk to it. Cause I'm not the kind of person who can work from home. So now that I'm not in the league anymore and I write, and I'm working on my book, I got to go somewhere to work. So I like to leave and so, like, just walk to the diner, go in the door, have it full service. Like, I don't want it to be like a fake diner. I want it to be a full service where you have the grill and everything, and then you can just start working and have a typewriter because I love – I collect old typewriters as well. Have, typewriter, have a typewriter, have your computer, and go to work, and it would be perfect. And then every day, if you want to make, make lunch, you're right there
0: yeah I mean the, the part of the experience too, with the diner uh, that we haven't touched on is the social aspect of it. And if right. you uh, walk in there and you you don't feel like typing right away, you could sit down and have a conversation with somebody sitting at the counter. I mean, that's part of the whole the whole uh, uh, beautiful experience of it, don't you agree?
3: I agree. I read this book one, Neil's time and wrote his memoirs. And to me, this has been the most impactful thing about when I go to movies, or I looked at plays, or even, and this is why I love diners, is Neil Simon was trying to write plays, and he had the hardest time finishing a play. And it didn't dawn on him until he said, I never made the characters interesting enough for the audience to want to see them in act three. And so when I made them interesting enough in act one and two, they couldn't wait to get them to see them in act three. And to me, that's diner. Diners are filled with people that are interesting that you want to visit with them in Act Three, and that's why the social element of the diner is so good.
0: Uh, exactly. It's uh, out, outstanding. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming oh, on. Oh, you're welcome, Hal. This is a repeat thing, my brother. We're going to get together. We have to, There's a whole uh, world of Italian food, uh, East Coast Italian food that we haven't touched. So I, mean, I can't wait to talk about Philadelphia Italian with you. I know that well, you have some, go, some opinions. I, I will
3: go to one Friday night at a restaurant called The Saloon in South Philly. That's my all-time. So I'm going to hit you there. I'll, keep, right. I'll, give, I'll give you a report. I love it. Thank you, Mike. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Take care.
0: All right, podcast pals. That's it. Another epic episode of... Of House of Cards Part of the Ringer Podcast Network Thank you so much for listening Please keep the comments And suggestions for the show coming We love it And as always Let's stay hungry out there